Morning, church. If you're thankful for Stephen Thomas, put your hands together. He's a good man. He, uh, he was born in Florida. I was supposed to be born in Florida. Um, <clears throat> a little jealous about that. It's good to see you. It is, uh, it's pothole season in New Brunswick. That's, <laughs> that's what season it is. Wow. It's like a video game out there when you're driving and dodging the destroyers. And is it just me or does it seem earlier and worse than ever? Like, is it just me or, or, or no, it seems, it seems earlier and worse than ever. If, if the potholes come early, you might not know this, but if the potholes come early, it's, it means a good year for maple syrup and no spring flooding. I made that up. That's, that's not true. <laughs> I made that up. But it sounds good. The, har- the Harbor Bridge in St. John, if you've been on that, it's got more craters than the moon. Like there's places where you can see right through to the ocean and like small Volkswagens are just, they're just going right out, of, they're falling right into the ocean. It's, it's incredible. And um, so I'm going to segue potholes in New Brunswick to life in the early church of uh, southern Turkey uh, a couple thousand years ago, uh, particularly life in the Colossian church because that's where we've been, been studying. And you know, come on, well, you know, we know this to be true. You cannot live without hitting potholes, right? You, you, just, you just can't. They're, they're, they're coming at you. You're either in one or coming out of one, or you're going to hit one later today. That's the good news, right? They're, you cannot live without hitting potholes. And, and following Jesus doesn't take all the potholes out of your life. It just changes your vocabulary when you hit one. Yes? What do you say when you hit, be careful now, you're in church. <laughs> what do you say when you hit a, when you hit a big one? Um, Epaphras has been visiting Paul in prison and telling him about the church in Colossae, and they're doing great, and there's lots of positive reports, but every now and then they hit a pothole, right? Every now and then they hit something, and, and things that set them back or things that that have the potential to do damage or things that could potentially take them off course. And the text that we're going to be in today, like I've been looking forward to this, to this particular portion of scripture. This is literally one of the, the high points of the New Testament, the text that we're going to be reading this morning. It's one of Paul's greatest hits. It's on his uh, greatest hits album, Paul's greatest hits. And Historians and theologians believe that what Paul wrote here uh, was an early hymn of the church. We don't know if it's original to Paul, uh, if he wrote it, or if someone else wrote it. It was probably Chris Tomlin. Um, The purpose of the hymn is to get your eyes, to get our eyes off of the potholes and to get our eyes onto Jesus The way to navigate life is to have the highest, widest, grandest, most majestic, mind-blowing view of Jesus. That's the way to navigate life. It's not to focus on the potholes, but to have the highest, widest, grandest, most majestic 
view of who Jesus is. Now, there, from this point on in the sermon, when you sense the Holy Spirit in this room, I'm going to encourage you, you don't have to do this, obviously, but to take your shoes off. Because you will be in... Nicole's already there. Such a keener. Right in the front row. Look at my socks, Pastor Tim. To take your shoes off because we're in the presence of Jesus. And the goal this morning is to, is to, to not only be here in his presence, but to leave here with a higher view of Christ than you've ever had before in your life, that he, would, that he would open our eyes and we would see him like never before. So if shoes start coming off in the room, it's, it's because his presence is here. Now, um, the way to protect yourself from being crushed by the pressures, the stress, the disappointment, whatever life throws at you, is to keep your heart fixed on who Christ is. When I get hit by life, I, when, when life hits me and I hit a pothole, I hit a couple last week, and I, it takes me a few minutes to, to, to come out of it and refocus and say, okay, but I know who Jesus is. I know who Jesus is, and that makes all the difference. Because if, if Jesus is who I believe he is, who I think he is, then my problems shrink and he becomes greater. The things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Last week, we had to pack up my mom's apartment, Pottle. She passed away in early January. And, and not easy. And I had to remind myself of Jesus is the king. He's the king. Uh, Russia invades Ukraine. I, my heart can, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I don't have words. It just breaks. I wish I was there. I wish, I wish the whole world could just go there right now and, and turn back. Uh, darkness. Um, pothole. And, and I have to bring my heart and my mind back to who Jesus is. The world is broken. And sin has its season like potholes. But Jesus will always be the king. And one day our tears will be wiped away. And we will see him. And it will be worth it all. Colossians, Colossians 1 verse 15. 1.15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, 
supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. There is one of Paul's greatest hits. Now, if your Bible was in 3D, uh, if it was a pop-up Bible, this text would be one of the highest peaks in the New Testament. And it, this text bends my brain. Like, there's places where I'm, I'm reading in this, and I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> mercy. These, these thoughts are, are, are huge and, and hard to wrap our, our minds around. It stretches my faith. And I could just sit in front of this text for hours because it is just that beautiful. I could just sit here and just read it over and over and over. If there was pressure coming against the, the young church in Colossae to have a small J Jesus, right? If, if, if there was pressure coming against them that he's, you know, he, he's okay, he's, he's good, but come on now, he's not everything. Bam, you know, Paul just obliterates that with these words. Um, for people who are suggesting to the, to the Colossians and to us, that, you know, you, you don't, he doesn't have to be everything. You know, you don't, you don't have to get rid of all your other little, little idols and, your, and all that. Um, Paul obliterates that with this hymn. And we, we're still tempted, aren't we, to, to, to have some little idols in our lives, aren't we? Right? There's times when, when Jesus drops out of first place or there's, there's Jesus and there's this and there's that and, you know, other things. If the Colossian church could see the way that we live and the things, that, the things that we allow in our lives that have no business being in our lives. <laughs> Hello? The things that we allow in our lives that have no business being in our lives that the Colossians could see us right now. They would park this monumental text right in front of us. They would say, get your eyes and your heart and your mind Fix right here. Fix your eyes on this. Because Jesus can't be just one of your things. You can't have some cocktail of spirituality that, that mixes in a little bit of Jesus and some of those other things, some of those other idols that you've, that you've deemed to be harmless. Well, it's okay, Pastor Tim. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, big, big deal. Big deal. The beginning of verse 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Oh, massive thoughts. We should have made the coffee extra strong this morning. Like, this is big stuff. Jesus existed before anything existed. Hello? It just melts my brain, and it, and it humbles me. Who am I? What, what am I? It, it humbles me, which is good. He, he, he must become greater. I must become less. It humbles me. He is the creator. We are the created. And you are not created with the capacity to know all things. You just weren't. Go ahead and look at somebody beside you and say, you don't know everything. You don't, you don't know everything. You don't. <clears throat> okay, there are concepts here that just... 
that just bend the brain a little bit. You weren't created to know everything. Um, the beginning of understanding is understanding that you'll never understand everything. That's the beginning of understanding. The first temptation in the Bible was the temptation to know all things. Eat this, and, and you'll know it all, right? And so we did. We took it, and we ate it, and we realized that we can, our hearts can be deceived, and we can be led far away from God. Now, if you're here this morning, and, and you find some of this to be even hard to believe, hard to comprehend and hard to believe. Don't, don't be um, quenched or suffocated or discouraged by your doubts or your inability to logically disseminate every mystery of the universe. Every person in this room has had or, or does have doubts. So you, you will have, there will be times when you will think, really? Like, really? And that's, that's okay. God's not afraid of your doubts. It's okay. He, he, can, handle, he can handle that. We, we all do. So don't, don't allow your faith to be, you know, suffocated by, by doubt. Because, I'm going to repeat it, you weren't created to know it all. You just, you just weren't. You were created to trust in Jesus, okay? You're, you're never going to know it all. And so allow the things that are bigger than you to take you to a place where you are speechless and in awe of the presence and the beauty and the wonder of Jesus. Don't allow those things to, to shrink your faith or to stuff it out. Just the things you don't understand, just saying, God is, God is awesome. This is, this is bigger than I can even comprehend. He is the visible image of the invisible God. He is a representation, and he is a manifestation. I know. It's, it's, I know. It's, you're, gonna have to go back, you're all going to go back and watch this again to take good notes, right? He's a representation, the visible image of the invisible God, and he is a manifestation like he came in a physical body. He is God, and he points to God. I should have brought coffee up here with me this morning. That, that, was, that was completely irresponsible of me to be trying to preach this without a, without a coffee in my hand. Do you know what a shot in the dark is? A shot in the dark is a black coffee with two shots of espresso in it. It'll open your eyes for days. Like, you won't blink for a week. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1, versus Hebrews. Boy, you're on the ball this morning. That's why the men should make coffee in the morning, it's, right? Because Hebrews. Welcome to Crosspoint. Hello to those of you watching online. <laughs> Glad you're here. Um, I'm preaching and, and Nicole is contributing. That's good. I love it. <laughs> and online, they can't hear your comments. They're like, what's everybody laughing about? Send your emails to Nicole at <laughs> Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. 
Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. You even read some of that this morning. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Jesus. In a borrowed animal stable in a small town called Bethlehem, God stepped into our world as a baby named Jesus. The invisible became visible. The representation became a manifestation. And all of the Old Testament points to Jesus. And all of history points to Jesus. He is the revelation of our redemption. He's the revelation of our redemption. Without him, there is no meaning. There is no hope. Without Jesus dying on a cross and, raising, and rising from the dead 2,000 years ago, without that, there is no meaning. There is no hope. We are just the result of millions of cosmic collisions over millions of years that eventually formed into organic matter. But God came to this earth, God stepped into our world to save us from our sins, to save us from ourselves, and to fill us with hope, to fill us with his love. The invisible became visible because God wants us to know him. He's not, he's not hidden. He's, 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 he's real, and you can find him, and you can know him. In the Old Testament, he was a cloud by day and a fire by night. He was the voice who spoke to, Mo to Moses, but warned him not to look directly at me, because if you do, you will die. <laughs> in Jesus, we saw God, and he died. In the Old Testament, it was, don't look at God, you'll die. In the New Testament, we saw God, and he died. God is not hiding. He wants us to see him and know him and walk with him. The reason that Paul was in prison and yet writing with so much joy and conviction was because he met God. He had a real experience with this Jesus, with God. And he knew other eyewitnesses, like eyewitnesses who put their hands on the scars of God. They touched Jesus' side. They touched his hands and his feet, they saw his scars, eyewitnesses, and they ate with him, the resurrected Jesus, and they saw his miracles firsthand, and they saw him ascend into heaven, and they were so radically changed that they would not stop preaching the good news of Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. Still a lot of shoes on in this room. Verse 15c. <laughs> yeah, they're coming off. There goes, there goes one. All right then, fine. 
15C, he is supreme over all creation. Now look at this picture. Uh, the photographer is Adam Woodworth. His website is on the bottom. This is the Milky Way from Southern Head, Graham and Ann. I live there. Isn't that cool? I mean, I don't live there, but I live on that little rock. That's the Milky Way from Graham and Ann. Let's just leave that up for a while, Candace, if you don't mind, maybe until the next slide. Um, astrologists, astronomers, nominators, astronaut, those guys, <laughs> people who look up. <laughs> Uh, I know. I, uh, what I was thinking was like, oh, I'm so glad my wife isn't here. <laughs> You're like, what is wrong with you? Um, people who look up in the sky, scientists keep looking deeper and further into space. And the vastness is overwhelming. Did you, see, did you hear what Paul said at the third part of that verse 15? Jesus is supreme over all, over all creation. The vastness of what's out there, the universe, is all, it's, it is overwhelming. The furthest, the farthest galaxy that we have found so far, are you ready for this? It's called GN-Z11. I don't know why. Why didn't they just name it like Mork or something? GN minus Z11, it is, catch this now, 13.4 billion light years away. That's as far as we've been able to, to see or reach so far. That's 134 with 30 zeros behind it. 30 zeros. It's, and it's not the end of the universe, it's just, it's just where we're at, you know, what we've seen so far. There's more, and only God knows how much more. The Milky Way is, the Milky Way is practically just around the corner, like compared to that. Like it's just next door. The Milky Way, that right there, is only two million light years away. If you could travel at the speed of light, at 300,000 kilometers an hour, you could get there at the speed of light, you could get there in 25,000 years. And that's close. The other thing was 134 with 30 zeros behind it. It's big, it's vast, and he is supreme over it all. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. When we were kids, we sang a little song that helped us grasp the, 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 the magnitude of God. And the little chorus said, he has the whole world. This. He has the whole world in his hands. He has the whole world in his hands. Wow. Jesus is a God revealer, and he is the creation ruler. 
He's the God revealer and the creation ruler. Verse 16, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and hang on again. And he made the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. When you look at something and you are filled with a sense of awe, Jesus made that, right? It could be lots of things. There, there are things that just stop you in your tracks. Sometimes it's the detail in a, in a flower or a, or a bug. You think, you know, God, you didn't have to put so much work into that. You know, it's just a bug. But, but look at it. Amazing. And it points to him, and it's all for him and in him and, <clears throat> excuse me, and through him, from snow leopards to snow crabs, from the Grand Canyon to Grand Manan, the platypus, giraffes, manatees, the coffee bean. Hallelujah. <laughs> he made it all. And there is a staggering amount of beauty and complexity and detail in pretty much anything on the planet if you look at it. It's, it's amazing. But wait, but wait, there's more. He didn't just make the things that we can see. He made the things that we cannot see. There are things that we can't see that Jesus made and he's Lord over all. It pops the whole bag in like one pop. There is a spirit world that we cannot see that is very real. And we don't talk, we don't talk about it a lot. Um, spiritual warfare is very real. Amen. Heavenly realms are real. And there's stuff going on that, that you can't see. You weren't created to see it. There is an enemy who wants to destroy and ruin your, your life, your soul, everything about you. And Paul wants the Colossians to know, because many of these folks have been in uh, the, the, the spirit world without Jesus, right? Paul wants them to know that whatever they've dabbled in before, nothing compares to Jesus. He's over it all. He's Lord of all. Verse 17, he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He holds it all together. Jesus is the only one in this room who is actually older than dirt. He was before there was. And he holds it all together. And he holds me all together. Isn't that good news? There are times like this past week when, you know, times in my life when it's felt like it's all coming apart. Like creation is out of control. 
um, events in, in Eastern Europe. And even when we don't understand, even when we would do things differently, Jesus is still in control. He's still holding it all together. It, it looks like it's coming apart. And it looks, I mean, obviously to us, it does. There are things that just don't make sense. But he's still holding all creation together. The things that are seen and the things that are unseen. You learned this in grade school, that earth sits on, its, on, a, on an axis. It just it doesn't. You know, it's, Earth is off just a little bit, and we spin closer to the sun, and it gets warm, and we spin further from the sun, and it gets cold. Frost, by the way, was God's way of telling us to turn back now. Like, we never, you, we weren't supposed to, to live beyond the frost line, but anyhow, here we are. Um, if Earth was off one degree, this way we would all burn to death. If Earth was off one degree another way, we would all freeze to death, or a tsunami, or the dinosaurs would come back, or something, I don't know. But the whole, the whole system of systems that we're a part of, the sun, water, air, wind, and life, and it's all such a delicate balance, and he holds it all together. When you don't, when you don't feel like you can hold it all together, remember, Jesus is holding it all together for you. You don't even have to hold it all together. And I take great comfort in this text. There are some things that are just too big for me. And there is only one who is meant to carry the weight of the world. And his name is Jesus. There's times when the weight of the world seems too big for me. Too heavy. I don't know if I can take it. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know how much more. And I, and I just feel like it's coming apart. And I, I'm, I'm cracking, crushing underneath the weight. There's only one who is meant to carry the weight. It's not you. It's not me. It's Jesus. Verses 18 to 20. I still see lots of shoes on, but anyhow... Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So the first part of the hymn is about creation, and the second part of the hymn is about salvation. The first part is about creation. The second part is about salvation. He made it. We broke it. He saved it. He made it. I broke it, and so did you, and he saved it. The word church uh, is a new word, actually. It didn't exist when Paul wrote this. Uh, when this was written, the word that Paul used is the ecclesia or ecclesia. And that word means fellowship. Fellowship. I am not the head of this church. Um, you won't be the head of this church, even, even though 
you're going to crush the vote here in a couple weeks. This is our, this is our uh, public reminder of the vote for John Sherwood on, on March the 20th, by the way. There. Um, Tim Henry is not the head of this church. Jesus is the head of this church. Jesus is the head of this church. And we are his body. And if we are the body of Christ, we'd better get in shape, huh? <laughs> uh, we have to be as a body. If we're the body of Christ, we'd better be active. We'd better be alive. We'd better be awake. We'd better be growing. Uh, we have to work together as a body. We need to be moving forward. We've got to be the hands of Jesus. We've got to be the feet of Jesus in this world. And if people outside the church don't look at the body of Christ as, as attractive, that's, that's our fault. That's, that's, that's a problem. Like we've, we've got to live and worship and function in such a way that people outside the church look at the church and say, man, I want to be a part of that. That looks awesome. If they don't see Jesus in the church and through the church, that's a problem. Come on, lean into this. Lean in with in this last part of this hymn with me. We're almost done. This is it. Lean in on this with me. Don't hold back. Paul has given us an image of Jesus that is breathtaking. Breathtaking. Who he is. He's not some, just another teacher or another rabbi. He was before anything was. He is over all. He is in all. Nothing that was created uh, was, was created without him. It was all created through him and in him. And this is holy ground. We are in the presence of Jesus. Maybe, maybe you just want to stand in his presence or lift your hands out to him this morning or fall on your knees. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega he was before there was, and he will forever be. He is the victor of the grave who bore our sorrow to give us life. He is the king of glory. He is the king of earth. He is the king of heaven. He is the bright and morning star. Lift Jesus high. Get the highest, greatest, grandest, most majestic, view of Jesus that you can possibly get. He is worthy of our praise. Don't hold back anything from him. Don't put any other idols before him. Don't underestimate him. He is the Lion of Judah, Jehovah. He is Yahweh. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We hardly know, Lord, how to express our praise, the, the depth of our gratitude for who you are, for what you've rescued us from, from what you've done in our lives, your grace, 
Jesus, we just stand in awe this morning of, of who you are. Help us to help us to, to gain or capture um, a, a greater sense of your majesty, of your, of your greatness, your splendor. Uh, help us to have a fresh wonder of who you are. Let us not become um, used to it. Let us not become comfortable. Um, let us just be constantly, every day, amazed at, at who you are. It's, 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 all, it's all for you. It's all about you. It all belongs to you. Jesus, I pray that, that you would be with us here in the next few minutes as we worship you and help us to um, well, set us free. Set us free from uh, comfort zones and what will others think and, you know, all the, just set us free so that... We can truly worship you and and give you the honor and praise that you are that you are worthy of this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.